Good afternoon. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Thursday, March 16th, 2023. We are back on the Keeping It Real podcast with you, with your host, Samarth Kojar, a.k.a. Sam. Guys, thank you for tuning in. We are living in tumultuous times, to say the least. This is one of the most exciting times to be on planet Earth. What is happening right now in the financial markets is nothing short of the chaos and the pandemonium that we saw in March of 2020. I have felt the same level of energy and excitement that we had going into COVID that I'm feeling right now as we enter biggest changes in our global monetary and financial systems. And you're going to want to sit down, buckle up, and listen in because we are going down the rabbit hole to understand fundamentally how money works, what is going on with the banks, and why this is the greatest change and something that you should be rooting for as things go over the next few weeks, months, and eventually years, because things are about to change in more ways than we can even imagine. And it's a long overdue change. People have been waiting for this for a very long time. And now is the time to be sitting down, watching it, and cheering on the one side that is in it for the good. So, before we begin, I want to take you back to 19. 19- 1913 is when the Federal Reserve was created. The Federal Reserve is the main bank in the United States of America. Now, while you may think that this is a bank, and it's a federal bank, neither of those are true, right? The bank is called the Federal Reserve Bank of of a certain state in the USA whether it's New York, whether it's San Francisco, whether it's elsewhere. But guys, the bank is not a federal entity. Point number one. The next point is that the bank does not have reserves, which means they do not have lockers filled with cash. And the last point is that the Federal Reserve sits on a parcel of land that is absolutely, fully, and totally immune to the laws of the United States of America. That does not make it a federal entity. That makes it essentially a foreign entity on American soil. And the only reason we're looking at the Fed is because the Federal Reserve controls the dollar monetary system that we are living in and have been living in ever since 1913. And the changes that are about to take place are about to shake this entire 110-year-old system up. And things are about to change for the better for all the people who have had their doubts, who have had their questions about how money works, who have not been sure about what is going on, about why inflation is so high, about why things are so bad in the world. This is brightest thing that I can tell you right now is what is happening right now is about to make things and improve things 
for the better for every single one of us. So that happened in 1913. 1944, Bretton Woods Conference was held during which the dollar was made into the reserve currency for global use. This gave the American empire the ability to use the dollar as a reserve currency and make it the default de facto reserve currency for use in trade across the world. Oil, gas, resources, everything would be traded using the, the dollar. And what that meant was that the U.S. could print as much of the dollar as it needed as long as it matched up with the amount of gold that it had. Now remember, pre-1971, all dollars that were in circulation were backed by the dollar. I mean, by gold. So what that means is for $20 being out in the market, you could come back with a $20 note and claim $20 worth of gold from the bank and you would get it in hard bullion or coin or whatever they had back then. Come 1971, even that got shut down because of the trade deficits that the U.S. was facing and giving out all this gold to other countries who were settling their debts in gold. They were coming. They, they were giving America back its dollars and they were taking gold in place. When Nixon shut down the gold window in 1971, August 15th, that meant that the U.S. could now print as much money as it wanted without having to balance it out with the same ounces of gold. That is the world that we're living in today, almost 52 years later. So I, I want to ask you a question. What is the reason for this system being in place? Has it served people any better? Because as we have seen, the world changed beginning 1971, really in a major, major, big way. It changed in 1971 when the dollar could just be arbitrarily printed in any volume required and people were now seeing things like inflation come into the play. They were seeing their money get devalued on an everyday basis over the years. The dollar has lost nearly by now and between uh, when the dollar was established as a, as a reserve currency and now we've lost close to 100 percent of its value what that means is that what you could buy for a hundred dollars back in the day will now cost you 100 times more right we've lost close to 100 percent of the dollar's value which means it it has become worthless absolutely worthless just and even then we still see banks printing it out of thin air and just using it in everyday life as if nothing has changed. That's why this podcast is for you to understand how it all works. Why is this podcast so important is because over the last week, what we've seen is multiple banks across the world are facing liquidity issues. They are facing issues and they're having to shut down. Okay, People are going to their banks asking for their money back, but they're not getting it. The authorities, quote-unquote authorities, have 
stepped in and bailed out these banks. They've given them the money and said, hey, don't worry, remain in operation. Continue business as usual. And it's the exact same thing that happened in 2008. When the banks collapsed, the government came in, they printed a lot of money, and they gave it to these banks and just said, hey, don't worry about it. Continue. Be in business. Remain existent. As the smaller banks shut down, money is slowly but surely moving to larger banks. Okay, People are looking at JP Morgan and banks of that size, which are quote-unquote stable, because they see some level of security in knowing that the bank is so big that it won't fail. And, and they're taking their deposits from these smaller banks and putting it there. Ultimately, the goal is for the government to release a centr- central bank dig- digital currency, a CBDC. That's the end game for them. Them being the politicians, the governments, and the, and the authoritarians. Now, I don't want to get much into the politics of it because that can get very messy and a very, very deep discussion, something that can possibly be best done in person. But I do want to cover how the bank failed, how Silicon Valley Bank failed, and how other banks will also start failing as the weeks go by. So people, the customers, they go and they put money in the bank once they earn it from their companies. Hooray! Now the bank, because they have to maintain a balanced balance sheet, they need to have equal assets and liabilities. When you go and deposit your money in the bank, that is actually a liability for the bank because the bank owes it to you when you go and ask for your cash, which you pull from your checking accounts. Hence, if you go and put 100 dollars into the bank, the bank now owes that to you and that is a liability of the bank. To maintain balance on their balance sheet, the bank is now able to go and take 90% of that amount and loan it out or buy an asset that they have to use to cover that liability that they owe you. So let's say that you go and deposit $100 into your account Now, the bank, based on fractional reserve banking, which was a thing back then, the bank can now go and use $90 of that money to go and buy an asset, which will appreciate with time, and that will get them interest. What that means is that now the bank has $10 cash in their asset column, but they also have $90 out working through an asset to appreciate in value and not lose value over time because of inflation. So interest rates went up recently. I don't know if you've heard. And that's thrown the market into absolute pandemonium. Things are going crazy, okay? Asset prices have dropped a lot. And similarly, in this case, if the bank goes and buys a $90 asset with your deposited $100, but that asset loses value down to $50, essentially losing $40. The bank has a gaping hole of 40 in assets with 
with the liabilities remaining at 100. Does that make sense? So as of right now, the bank has $60 worth of assets and $100 worth of liabilities, which it owes you in case you walk in to ask for your money back. And so you do. You go in the next day and you ask for your $100 back and the bank gives it to you. Hey, if you're lucky, they'll give it back to you because it's actually their liability. And if you ask for it back, you may or may not get it because they actually don't have the cash to cover that $100. Remember, because they went and bought a building for $90 of, of that 100. So they're only left with really 10 in cash and a $40 asset. Hence, when you ask for your 100, the bank gives it to you. Hey, no problem. Here you go. Take your money and leave. So the bank currently has negative $50 in assets and zero in liabilities, which means the bank is bust. It's gone. It's done. That's it. When there's a bank run and people go to the bank and ask for their money back, this is exactly what happens. The banks lose out on all their liabilities. And especially in a period like now when interest rates are high and interest rates are remaining elevated and asset prices have dropped, the bank is losing money and it's losing its net worth. And it's going down below zero, which means the banks are going bust, guys. The banks are going bust. But hey, fear not. We have the Federal Reserve. They'll come and bail us out. And that's exactly what is happening. It's exactly what is happening here in the US. That's what's happening in, the, in, the, in Europe with Credit Suisse. They're getting the money to pay for this loss. We simply do not allow banks to die. Why? Why are we letting the banks exist in the first place? These banks have been taking our money, our deposits, and gambling with it. This is literally like you going and depositing $100 into the bank and the bank taking $90 of that and going and gambling in a casino. And if they lose it, they still get bailed out. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Right? That's what they're doing. They go and buy these assets to to cover the liabilities that are um, that are your deposits. And when they don't make back the equivalent amount, they get bailed out. Big Daddy, the Federal Reserve comes in and says, hey, do not worry. We have an instrument. We have a vehicle that can help you to, to cover those losses. Don't worry about it. We got you covered. They're not letting the banks fail. They're not letting the free market play its role in the economy. They keep controlling it. Remember, the Federal Reserve is not a government entity. But it controls every aspect of our money. Every single aspect of our money is controlled by the Federal Reserve. So what is the lesson? They don't want you to go to the bank and pull your money out. They don't want you to do that because it crushes their system. It crushes the fact that they can take it and loan it out 10 times, 9 times, 100 times and multiply that into so much amount of money. That's what's causing the market and inflation and everything that you have ever thought of. Money-wise, all money issues are caused by that 
period. They take your money and they multiply it and then they play with that and they enrich themselves. That's just how money works. I'm sorry we have not been taught this, but we have to learn it sooner or later because we have to understand how the world works. The world is not how we, we view it. It is not as easy as us just going and putting our money in the bank and going and picking it up one day. No. Where's our money going? They take your money, they, they play with it, they make millions off of it, millions, literally millions, and they give you back pennies. Okay? When you go and get a mortgage, that is a huge asset for the bank. So what does the bank do? They combine multiple of these assets and they sell them to other companies that want them. These are called mortgage-backed securities. Oh, mortgage-backed securities, MBS. Hmm, that sounds like 2008. Oh, yeah, you would be right. It is true. It is absolutely true. Mortgages are a huge asset for these banks because it becomes a product that they can sell. They can sell for larger gains, larger interests, more money. Money is all that matters. Remember, ever since Bitcoin has come out, the authorities have been demonizing it. They've been making it look like it is, it, it is a crime to own Bitcoin. It is a bad thing. Bitcoin is so unstable. It's so evil. Because they understand how powerful it is as a tool outside their centrally controlled system. Bitcoin is power. Bitcoin is independence. Bitcoin is an asset. It is a true asset, a true digital asset that you can actually own and hold. Now, granted, there are issues. Okay, I will not. I will admit that there are counterparty issues when it comes to owning Bitcoin because you have companies like Coinbase, BlockFi that may or may not, you know, do so well in the long run. But at at the most basic level, once you own a Bitcoin and it, and it is it is on the blockchain, it is your asset and it is held there. Unlike when you go to a bank, right, and you put your money there, they don't hold your money. Your, your money is gone. Your money is gone out. Gold, silver, these are hard assets that you can actually hold, touch, feel, grab, move around with. The problem is that these assets get are currently seeing a price hold because the folks who are making millions off of your deposits are going and buying gold extremely cheap they want to control the price of it and keep it extremely low they want to hold it down because that gives them more access and and options to go and buy gold you know if you have a thousand dollars in the bank you can maybe buy a half an ounce of gold but when the banksters take that one thousand and multiply it into 10, 15, 20, 30,000 dollars or a million dollars, they cannot go and buy that much worth of gold. And then you ask yourself, how are, how are the rich getting richer? How? This is exactly how it's happening. So, now, now that you know how bad the system really is, are you ready for the light at the end of the, the tunnel?
because I'm telling you, this is the, the time to be hopeful. This is the time to be hoping and praying that their system collapses. This is the time to be hoping and praying and wishing that the Fed is shut down. This is the time to be hoping and praying that all debt that is in the system, debt being the weapon that they used to control you, is now turned against them to destroy the Fed. This is the most exciting time. And if we can use it to bring back goodness into the world, fair, hard money into the world, I think that can be a revolutionary change, truly, for many, many, many centuries to come. Because you know what? When we moved off the when we moved on to the dollar as a reserve currency and then off the gold standard, that has what has led to issues today. Inflation. You know, there is so much um, the wealth gap, all caused by that. Wars, highly profitable, highly, highly profitable for the government, not so much for the little guy. Pharmaceuticals, diseases, stress, death all a result of the monetary system we have been living in. If you ever looked at your parents or if you looked at someone that you loved and cared for and saw them, you know, down and stressed and broken because of money, this is the reason why. And it's one thing to say that, hey, don't play the victim card and, and take responsibility. Yes, that is true. That is 100% true. But at some point, we also have to acknowledge that there are external forces at play. And sometimes those external forces have to be completely and absolutely eliminated. And this is one of those times. This is the only opportunity we will get to correct the system. What does that mean? See, the reason that a politician will come out on the TV and tell you that, hey, there's nothing wrong with the system, we are fine, we have enough money, we're stable, we're not going to go down. What they're going to do is make sure you're calm. Because if you freak out, you're going to go to the bank and pull your money out. And when you do that, their system breaks. It's that simple. Their system breaks. They can't deal with that. Because what happens once you pull out once the quote-unquote little guy pulls all his money out of, out of the system, what happens then? Then you see clearly, you see clearly that the Federal Reserve and the central banks are the ones who are providing all liquidity and money to these big banks who are then going and loaning it out to insiders who are close to the banks. That's how the system works, guys. It's time to wake up and understand this basic truth about money because we are not again we are not taught this in school for a reason if you were taught this in school would you be doing what you are doing right now or would you just go and get close to the source of money once you understand that that there is no limit to how much money they can print would you work hard for money would you go work your job would you remain employed fact is i can't you know once i've understood this it has been very hard for me to look at the world the same way it is very hard to look at the world the same way because you understand that the cards are always going to be stacked against you. Until you become an insider, the cards will be stacked against you. 
and you can cry, you can bitch, you can moan, you can run to mommy, you can run to daddy, you can do whatever you want, but the system is stacked against you, period. Coincidentally, the East has actually seen this. Countries like Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, and now soon even Saudi Arabia, Japan, and other countries are looking at this and saying, hey, we don't want to get bullied around by the U.S. We don't want to get pushed around by the dollar hegemony that the U.S. has on us. We don't want this anymore. Because the truth is that global economies and countries have collapsed simply because the dollar has been the reserve currency. And us printing out money has caused them to hyperinflate their own currencies. Is that a good thing? Is it good for the U.S. to print all the money that it can and then go overseas and bomb countries in the, in the Middle East just to get their oil to create the petrodollar system? Is it, is it right for the U.S. to go and bully countries overseas and say, hey, use our dollar or else? Or else what? We know what happens. We know what happens when countries overseas say, no, we're not going to use the dollar. Their leaders get assassinated. They get killed. That's exactly what happened Saddam Hussein. That was going to happen to Assad as well. Wars, again, as I mentioned before, are profitable businesses. We have to understand the way the game is played. The dollar is the stick that the U.S. uses and goes around the world and beats up other countries with. We have to admit that the U.S. has been the bully. We have to admit that the decline inside the U.S., is happening because of what the U.S. has done outside the country. I'm sorry. That is how it works. If you think that, you know, even as an individual, if you are going to go out there and do horrible, horrible deeds in the world, if you think you're going to be whole and happy inside, I'm sorry, that's, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. You have to be a good person outside to be feeling whole and good and healthy inside. What is happening inside each individual is the same thing that is happening at a macro scale in the country. The U.S. is a sick, sick country right now. They're very, very sick. And honestly, the Western world is extremely sick because they have always taken their, their level of superiority and, and, um, and the ability to print the money and be bullies. They've taken it and gone across the world and put other countries in absolute chaos and devastation causing a lot of issues death destruction wars inequality and the only reason i stand here and I, and i feel faithful about why this is a good time is because the system has to end the system has to end okay and I'm hopeful that the East is the one that's going to be leading this change. I'm hopeful that there was deals cut in the back end or there was some information exchange between the U.S. and the East, Russia, China, India, where, you know, the last leader, Trump, I think he has always known that this was an issue and he has put in checks and balances in place to make sure we don't go to war to make sure we don't end up in a situation where the country locally goes to shits and to make sure that the little guy does not get crushed in, in all of this. 
So when I say that, what I mean is, sure, they can increase their interest rates. And yes, there will be losses. But I strongly believe that one of the places where all these losses will essentially accumulate is at the bank level and not at the individual owner level because there are far more people who are in you know the, the 99% of people as opposed to the 1% elites who are essentially ru running the country that said what does that mean for you it means that you should be calm you should remain faithful you should remain trustworthy that the system that is about to collapse is collapsing for the greater good you should believe that whatever the currency that's going to come in and replace the dollar is going to be one that's going to be much more fair. It's going to be a currency that people can actually trust. A currency that people can have faith in. Because the phrase, in God we trust, printed on the dollar, has been so overly abused. Because the dollar has been printed and devalued by 100% at this point. We need hard money. I've always said this, we need hard money because the hard money will prove to people that inflation is not something that happens over time. Inflation is by design. Whatever is happening right now in, in the economy is all by design. And along with that, as the, as the bad people in the government and the, and the banksters run the world, I also have the faith that demolition of this system will be by design of good people this world is full of goodness this world is full of good people and there are good people that have to sometimes do things that may not be comfortable for the masses but they have to do it for the greater good and this is a story of hope this is a this is a moment of hope because everything that you have believed about money you will finally un understand why it is the way it is for some this podcast may be the key that unlocks their understanding of what was wrong with the world. For some, this may be just a simple, basic level understanding of what's going on in the world. This may just be the thing that you need to listen to to understand how money works and what is happening in, in leadership in our governments. The old system is getting demolished by design. Russia, China, India, Brazil, Saudi Arabia, Middle East. These countries have been watching the U.S. for decades now. And they understand the game at play. And they don't want any part of it. That's why they've gone out on their own, set up bilateral agreements amongst each other one-on-one. -on -one, and now they're setting up the BRICS monetary system. That is what is going to be ushered in. Because... Eventually, we have to understand that the dollar cannot be used as a weapon of bullying across the world. And at some point, we need to go back to a hard monetary base system. And that's what BRICS is. I applaud these countries because they are doing the right thing. They have seen the war, the death, the destruction that's happening across the world. And they understand that it's a caused by the u.s because they have the stick and i don't want to go over it again and again but we need to understand fundamentally that the dollar 
is no longer going to remain the global reserve currency. And hard-backed money will make a return because that is what works. It is what works, not for the U.S., but for the greater good of the world. And yes, down the line, even the U.S., it's not going to be a sweet, rosy ride. Guys, we, we have to go through a period of upheaval and chaos. But the system that is currently in place has to be destroyed for there to be something better to replace it. Will Bitcoin have a place in it? Yes, I do believe so. Will gold have a place in it? Yes, I believe so. Will real estate have a place in this? Possibly yes. Will silver have a place in this? Yes. Because those are all hard assets. They will limit the amount of money a country can print. They will stop things like hyperinflation. They will stop things like wars from happening. They will prevent chaos in the world. They'll bring more peace into, into the world. That will honestly be the check and balance that we need to make sure that countries don't step outside their bounds. Yes, this will affect the American empire in a huge way because Americans are not ready for losing their quote-unquote dominance on the world. But it's one of the best things that we could be doing for the world right now. We need America to stop poking its nose in others' business. We need America to get itself on track and just stop what it's doing. Enough is enough. And, and honestly, forget me. The world is telling you this. The world is telling you this. They're saying, hey, we don't want any part of this, okay? Russia came out just the other day and said, America, thank you so much for cutting off of, cutting us off of your system. We don't want any part of it, and we're better off on our own. This is called true, true sovereignty across the world, where every country is looking out for its own best interests. America should, I agree, look out for its own best interests, but it should not be the, the country that goes around the world and tells others, hey, become a free, democratic nation like us. Become liberal, become amazing, become open. We can't keep doing that. That's called bullying. That's forcing your views and opinions on other people. So, with all the chaos in the market, with all the crap going on in banking, with all the, all the panic in the financial markets, I still say, remain calm. Have some hope. Act, think, and act. Because you know what? Gold, silver, Bitcoin, these are all things that will remain because they are outside the Federal Reserve created monetary system. That's my, my last leaving parting tip for you is to invest in these. You know, I don't say go invest $10,000 in them, but you know what? Start small. Go out and buy one small coin. Just look at it. Observe it. Does it feel like real money? Hold it against your, your $1 banknote. Does that feel like real money? Just try it. You know, if, even if you go, go and buy one ounce of whatever, you'll still see the value in it. You will hold it. You, you will cherish it. You, you will appreciate it. That's real money. Russians know it. Indians know it. Middle Easterns know it. China knows it. Why do you think China's been buying up land? Because they understand the value of land. Indians, they love land. They love hard assets. Sure, 
Bitcoin and NFTs and all that stuff can come and go and, you know, rise up in value and drop in value. But ultimately, the hard, hard assets remain, you know, machinery, tools, equipment, land, real estate, buildings, factories, productive assets, gold as a store, silver as a store, Bitcoin as a store of value. Look at these. Just, just, just open your mind. Go consider them. Just think about it. Okay. Look at your money the next time you go, you go and spend it. Does that look like real money to you? Honestly, because right now most of us are living off of our debit cards and our credit cards and things that just do not have any intrinsic value in the world, other than the the faith that we give it. Like, okay, fine, a dollar's worth worth a dollar. Guys, this is a time of great hope. This is a time of amazing opportunity this is a time to look at what's going on in the world understand from an honest clear perspective and focus on how you can survive how you can thrive and how you can capitalize on this opportunity that that is coming to us in the very near future as the existing banking and financial system collapses will there be inflation yes will there be hyperinflation possibly who knows Will there be deflation? Hey, I'm not a prophet, but I'm telling you, these are all things that were created as a part of the money system that we live in. But ultimately, having hard assets will be the key for you to succeed, thrive, and excel in the next system that we go into. That's all I got for you, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Keeping It Real podcast. And as you know, always, always, going to keep it real here and i'm here for you guys sam kochar samarth kochar signing off on thursday march the 16th 2023 four days after the silicon valley bank fiasco good luck everyone stay tuned and enjoy the ride bye-bye